in our in our house on uh, on Thursday, and Lindsay goes, you know, that's not a bad thing to have in your mind when you're paying bills. <laughs> Uh, it actually got us into a conversation talking about how nice it would be to win the lottery. You ever thought, you know, we make really good rich people. You ever had that kind of thought? But that, uh, you know, I was recalling back about a year ago, the Powerball was up at $1.5 billion. And uh, Mark Cuban, you might have heard of Mark Cuban before. He's a billionaire himself and entrepreneur. He's on the show The Shark Tank. He owns the Dallas Mavericks. But he gave some uh, some advice to potential lottery winners uh, last year. And, and this was the advice he gave. He says, if you weren't happy yesterday, you won't be happy tomorrow. It's money, not happiness. But his next line was, if you were happy yesterday, you're going to be a lot happier tomorrow. <laughs> right? It's, it's money. Life gets easier when you don't have to worry about paying the bills. Yeah, everyone worries about something. And even if we, if even the best of us worry about things from time to time, I love this line from Mark Twain. He says, I am an old man and have known a great many troubles, but most of them have never happened. You know, we, we go to worrying about things, even if they don't happen, we just get ourselves wound up about things at times. And, uh, you know, for most people, it's not just one thing. It's, it's a mix of things. It's, it's job and money and family. It's, it's husband and wife and kids and grandkids and ex-husband, ex-wife and stepchildren and grandchildren. You know, it's, it's this combination of a whole lot of things uh, that compound onto one another. Now, I was thinking about one of the, the more difficult seasons of life for Lindsay and I was when Gavin was first born. So he was, he was first born and, and we walked into this season of parenthood together. And, uh, you know, it's just different. You, you go from life as, as just the two of you into all of a sudden there's this dependent child that you know needs you all the, all the time now if it was just that that you know we could have handled that and gone through through um, you know adjusting to parenting and yet uh, Lindsay had some health com- complications following the, the delivery and so we had to work through that now we would have been okay if that if it was just that but then in addition to that then uh, you know Gavin had some tactile sensitivity when he was younger um, that really, it, it really, looking back, wasn't that big a deal, but at the time really drove us up the wall. And we could have dealt all right with that if it was just that. But then, you know, see, Lindsay and I were, were on staff of Campus Crusade for Christ. We worked very closely together. And when she had the child, when she had Gavin, she went to be a stay-at-home mom. So it not only changed the home environment, but it changed my work environment. And I could have done all right with just that. But then on top of that, then as supported missionaries, our finances at that point were running a little tighter than we would have been comfortable with. So there was a little bit of financial stress. And if it was just that, it would have been OK as well. But then we also were helping to plant a new church in Indianapolis. And I was sort of the ad hoc worship pastor in the midst of that uh, on a volunteer level, of course. <laughs> You know, these things just compound. And for most of us, we can deal with one or two or three things, but suddenly start to stack four or five or six things on top of one another. And we get to a place where we're just, you know, our, our knees are buckling a little bit. You know, we get this kind of massive, all these things happening in our heads at once. So this is the first Sunday of, of 2017. And we might wonder what, you know, what is this year going to bring? Uh, you know, will God take care of us in 2017? And, you know, really, if you if you will take care of us, if we're if we're convinced of that walking into the year, we really have nothing to worry about. Uh, if we're not convinced of that, then we're in a load of trouble, you know, walking into this year. And, and I think for most of us in our heads, we can answer that question and say, yeah, God loves us and he'll take good care of us. 
But underneath the surface, I think sometimes we wonder. And this morning, what we want to do is dig into a passage in Matthew 6, where, where Jesus really addresses this directly. You know, do we, do we have cause for worry? Will God take care of us? And he does this in a way that I think this, this message is built perfectly for New Year's Day. Uh, if you look with me, uh, just we're just going to do a broad overview. In, in Matthew 6, this is the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. And we get uh, in verse 25, he says, do not worry. In verse 27, who have you by worrying? Verse 28, why do you worry? Verse 31, so do not worry. Verse 34, therefore do not worry. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Now, if you know anything about the Bible, when you see a word like this repeated over and over and over again, this is six times in ten verses, the word worry comes up. When that happens, this is something to take note of. You know, Jesus is trying to communicate something to us here today. And I think it's along these lines of, you know, don't worry, be happy. So but let's dive into this a little bit more. What, first of all, what, is, what are we talking about when we talk about worry in general? And uh, what, the root of the word we have for, for worry is uh, an old English word called worgen. I don't know if you pronounce it that way, but it's fun. Worgen. This means to strangle or seize by the throat. And this is not a, um, this is not a, just a concern. So we all have, there are legitimate godly concerns. There are biblical concerns that we should have. But then there's worries, and, the, and this is an excessive, uh, an, an excessive worry. And it's something that, that, an excessive concern over the affairs of life. Right? It's something that, that really distracts us you know, from living as God's called us to live. Now, a few things I think are helpful in discerning what's a legitimate concern from what's a, a worry. And these might be some triggers. They may or may not be, but I think they're indicators. You know, one might be uh, when the thing you're concerned about is the first thing you think about in the morning and the last thing you think about at night. So when you go to bed, this is what you're dwelling on. And when you wake up the next morning, this is what you're dwelling on. That might be, it might have crossed that line. Or another indicator might be when you find yourself thinking about this in every spare moment of the day. Right. Every time you get into the car, every time you have a quiet moment, if you have a quiet moments in your life, this is what's in the forefront. This concern is, is really taking over. Or if you find it working its way into every conversation you have. So in a, in, as you walk throughout a day, maybe through work and school or home or friendships, you find this concern popping up into every conversation that you have. You know, that might have crossed the line over from concern over to worry. Now, I think worry, worry tends to be a sinful area for a couple of reasons. One, because it displaces God in our life. Right? It tends to put us on the throne of our lives. And we, we kind of rely too much on ourselves and not enough on God. And it also, while it displaces God, it also distracts us. And distracts us from the things that God wants us to do and how he wants us to live. So what we want to do today is, is go through in this passage that in Matthew 6, Three things you don't need to worry about in 2017. Three things you don't need to worry about. So the first one's food and where your next meal is coming from. We're going to jump around a little bit here, but in verse 25, he says, you know, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink. In verse 31, he says, so do not worry saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? And this sounds good if you have food in the pantry, but if not, this is a little crazy and so he goes on and explains in verse 26, he says, look at the birds of the air. You know, they do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father takes care of them. Are you not much more valuable than they? 
And see, what, what Jesus is getting at here, he says very few birds go into farming. Right? You, you haven't seen uh, many robins planting corn and harvesting at harvest time. They don't store away you know, their food in barns. And yet God takes care of them. And so Jesus asks this rhetorical question here. Are you not more valuable than a bird? Now, some of us can answer that really quickly and say, well, yeah, of course, God loves me uniquely and wonderfully. But I think some of us, some of us wrestle with that a little bit. And we think that God loves us on maybe a, 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 a general, objective level, on a broad level. Yeah, God loves the whole world, he lo- and I'm part of the world, and he loves me too. But this morning, do you believe that God loves you personally, intimately? You know, if you wrestle with that this morning, I'm, I'm not sure that my words are going to be adequate to, to fill in the blank for you or help you here. But one of the things I think that's helpful for me um, in, in thinking about this is... I, yeah, you know, I, I wear a lot of relational hats in my life. Uh, I wear I'm a I'm a husband, I'm a son, I'm a, a brother, a cousin, an, an uncle, a nephew. Uh, I'm a pastor. I'm a uh, I'm a friend. I'm a family member. But amongst all of these, there's one that I take some some particular pride in, in a good way, pride and joy in, and that's my role as a father. I've got a picture of the kids up here. I love these kids more than I thought, more than I thought was possible. You know, I, I, I would do anything to provide for them. I know that I can't, you know, I can't give them everything. And yet I take joy in the moments when I can lavish things on them. I know that I have a role of disciplining them and helping them to raise up in, in the ways that are honoring to God. And that's not always easy for them. It's not always easy for me. But at the same time, I, I see the, the fruitfulness coming from that in their lives. And I see them growing Man, there's nothing that I wouldn't do that I could do for these kids to help them become all that God wants them to be. And man, if I love them like that, I have to think that God, you know, our Heavenly Father loves us with a similar love that probably goes far beyond, you know, what I just described. You know, God loves you and He's able to provide for you. Now, does that mean you'll never go hungry? Does that mean there will always be food on the table? Well, no. But it does mean that God will meet your needs. He will provide for you. And that's something you can trust him for as you walk into the year. So don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry about our food. He also says we don't need to worry about our clothes. Interesting that that Jesus talks about clothing. This seems a little unspiritual for Jesus, doesn't it? But, uh, But here's what he says next. And in verses 28 to 30, he says, why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow and is thrown into the fire. Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Now, this picture here is not unlike the previous one, right? God's emphasizing his, your value, your worth, his love for you. And he's also emphasizing his ability to provide. But this is a little different picture than the one that he just shared. Right, because in the, first, in the, in the former picture with the birds, uh, the birds still have to do some work for their food. Right. I think about we've got a bird feeder hanging from our backyard. One of those the squirrels like get on and it throws them off. Uh, but the birds still have to get on there and, and hunt and peck and all. 
uh, they have to get the the, uh, the last seeds that are left there after the deer come through and, and eat all our bird seed out of our bird feeder. But they still have to do some work for it. In this picture, what do the flowers have to do to be clothed in splendor? Nothing. The flowers don't do anything. This is God's working in, in the world. And, and really, I, I think what Jesus is getting here is driving home God's sovereignty, his ability to, to meet your needs. Right now, this is not an excuse for laziness. You know, this is not a calling into apathy. But it is an emphasis on God's ability to meet all of your needs. And let me just give you one, one time that, that Lindsay and I have seen this happen in our lives uh, pro- pretty profoundly. We had a season of life where we were feeling called away from Campus Crusade for Christ and into the pastoral world, into ministry. So from, from the, the mission field and into the church, really. And we were trying to figure out, how does that look? How do you make that transition? Because we felt a calling pretty, pretty firmly, but, but what does that practically look like? And, in, and during that time, we had our, our church in Indianapolis. We, we were designing this, what we called a pastoral residency, kind of a glorified internship. And so we designed this opportunity. We put it together and, uh, and it got to a point where we were praying and talking together. And finally, the church said, look, if you can raise twenty five thousand dollars to make this possible, um, we'll kick in the rest that you need for your salary and benefits and all. So if you can raise twenty five thousand dollars, we'll 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 move forward with this. And Lindsay and I prayed over this because this was a little scary. You know, we we had a one or two year old son and a family and this was a one year gig and we don't know what comes next. But we were feeling called to, to pursue it. And so we sort of took a step forward. And two weeks later, um, with minimal effort on our part, we had thirty thousand dollars that was committed to for the next year. Not not of our doing. I mean, this is where this is one of those moments where you look at and say, well, God's in this. We need to trust him to provide for our needs. And, and and by the way, let me just tangential note. If you've ever thought about going on a mission trip and you and your finances is what's holding you back from doing it, please don't let that be the reason that you don't go. Um, as a shameless plug, J.P. Uh, Duvendeck and I are going to be co-leading a trip to uh, Richwood, West Virginia this year, uh, mid-July, 9th through the 15th. Uh, it's going to be awesome. We also have another trip going to Mexico in, in uh, I believe, March. And then another trip to Guatemala with Living, Inter- with Living Water International in the fall. And, you know, if you're on the fence or thinking about this, please, I'd love to talk with you some more. Uh, there's been a few greater moments where I've seen that mix of faith and works where, you know, yes, we put forward a little effort, but really it's God's doing to meet our needs to go. And so if you're thinking about that shameless plug, you know, come talk to me and let's, let's talk about missions. But as we walk into the next year, back, back on point, don't worry about your food. Don't worry about clothes. The, the next thing, Jesus goes really broad here, is don't worry about your life. Don't worry about your life. The food and clothing, I think Jesus is hitting the essentials. Like, what, what are the things you really need to live? But here, he blows the picture wide open. And there's a couple of verses here, I believe. Come up. Yeah, verse 27. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? Now, this, this word for single hour in Greek is kind of interesting. It's a cubit. It's, a, it's actually a measurement, about 18 inches. And it's almost like Jesus saying, who by worrying can make themselves 18 inches taller? You know, who, who, can, who can add hours or years onto their life, mileage onto, the, onto where you need to go? Um, you know, we can worry ourselves to, de- to death, but, but we're going to have a hard time worrying ourselves into life, you know, into longer life. 
And so this is the picture that, that he creates. And um, it got me thinking about you know, none of us know the number of hours in our life and how long our lives are will be. I was thinking about this year, how many people have how many, uh, famous people have passed away this year. And maybe this is I don't, maybe this is normal, but for some reason it struck me. And this is not uh, comprehensive by any means. But I just put some names up here. We had some famous musicians of Prince and David Bowie, Muhammad Ali, or who's a boxer. But uh, you had Glenn Fry leads the Eagles. Alan Rickman, if you don't know who Alan Rickman is, he's the villain in one of my favorite Christmas movies. Die Hard. Um, uh, Arnold Palmer's golfer, John Glenn. George Michael, this was kind of, I didn't know this until this last week, but George Michael, as a musician, wrote that song or, or was a part of writing the song Last Christmas. I'm hoping we don't have to listen to that anymore. <laughs> but uh, I mean, how many of these people knew the, the time and the hour that they would pass away? You know, not many. Yesterday, I was doing a funeral right here for a family that uh, that a husband and wife had been killed in a car accident just before Christmas. You know, tragic moment, really a celebration of life, life well lived in the moment in the funeral. It was an amazing funeral, really. But. Uh, but, you know, they did not know when they were going to go. None of us knows the hours of our days. And, and so really, I think Jesus is saying, here, don't worry about that. You know, you don't know. So live your life, you know, as, as well as you can in the moment. I love this quote from Corey Ten Boom. She says, worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. You know, I think what Jesus is inviting us to do here is invest the time and the talents and the treasure. Invest all he gives you into living out his purposes here on earth in the time that we have. Don't waste the time worrying about what comes tomorrow. Live today for all it's worth. And this is meant to to trim an immense load off of us. So, you know, what kind of year will 2017 be? I I have no idea. You know, we're we're about to, to bring in a new president on a global level, and who knows <laughs> what that's going to bring. Um, on a local level, you know, we're trusting God to provide a new senior pastor for our church. You know, who knows what that will bring. But we can trust God in the midst of it. There's not cause for worry. Don't worry. Be happy now. And I think what Jesus is landing on here in this passage is really worry less and trust more. Worry less and trust more. So I think this is not just about refraining from worry, but about replacing worry with something else. Right? Because what happens if I stand here, if I say, don't think about a pink elephant. Don't think about a pink elephant. Why do you think about pink elephants? Therefore, do not think about pink elephants. So do not think about pink elephants. Well, what do you end up thinking about? You know, if, we, if, it's, if it's just a negative, it's just a don't. Well, that, that doesn't work very well. For us. And so it's not just about a refraining from, but about a replacing of. And that's where Jesus goes from here. And I, and I love, I'll actually pause there for a moment. Andy made this comment probably mid December in a message that he gave that I, I just loved what he said there. He said, We don't get peace. So we don't get freedom from worry, in other words. He said, By going at it directly, by saying, I'm not going to worry, I'm not going to worry, I'm not going to worry, because we end up worrying. He says it's a byproduct of our relationship with Jesus Christ. And I think he's so right there. Ralph Waldo Emerson said this. He said, sorrow looks back, worry looks around, faith looks up. 
Sorrow looks back, worry looks around, faith looks up. And that's what Jesus says here is, um, he says, for the pagans run after all these things. They run after the, the food and the clothes and their life. You know, and your heavenly father knows that you need them. That's a big statement there. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given you as well. And I think there's an invitation here to live a little differently than the world around us. Right here in Sylvania, a lot of times the externals, you know, look reasonably good. But I think sometimes the biggest need for the people have here in Sylvania, even though the externals look good, you know, they're running. They're running after these things. They're running after people are running after food. They're running after clothes. They're running after life. They're running after things to try to fill something within within. And they're and underneath the surface, underneath that that good exterior. You know, once the car is driven into the driveway and the and the the garage door is down and they're alone. I think a lot of people deal with a, a, a deep down insecurity or worry or wondering. And so out of life comes a striving and a seeking to, to gain something. And they run after these things. And I'm just convinced that the only way that we can live with a sense of, of, of peace, of authentic peace, of a settledness in our life is through a relationship with Jesus Christ. As we trust him to work in us and trust the fruit of the spirit to work in us in a way that brings peace in the midst of what we could otherwise worry about. You know, God's invitation here is not to run after things of the world, but to run after him. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. You can trust in a father that loves you. So, you know what? Keep on running after You know, keep on praying, keep on reading your Bible, keep on serving, keep on helping, right? Keep on believing. And you can keep on trusting in his promises to meet your needs. I love this line by Rick Warren. He says, the more you pray, the less you panic. The more you worship, the less you worry. So in 2017, let's let's uh, let's love God. Let's love each other. Let's get the message out like never before. Let's pray more. Let's worship more and let's trust God to meet our needs as we go. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for the reminder this week, even just for me personally. Thank you for the reminder to to cast my cares to you, to, to not be anxious about anything, but in all things in prayer and supplication to let my requests be made known to you who are able to meet them. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would cultivate in me and in us uh, this year a sense of gratitude and, and a thankfulness for the things that are in our lives. Help us to trust you with all that we have. And help us not to run after things of the world, but help us to run after you, to seek after you. Lord, help us to be, see problems as, as opportunities for prayer. Forgive us, Lord, for doubting your word, for doubting your presence, for moments where we take our eyes off of you and get fixated on things that are around us. Forgive us for places that we we have slipped into worry, where we have crossed that line and where we've begun to trust in ourselves or, or gotten too distracted from things that you want us to be focused on. But Lord, fill us with your spirit. Empower us to be the people you've called us to be. Help us to live out the image of Christ 
as we go. And I pray that in the year ahead that we would be a people who brings you honor and glory, who sheds light on the hope of the gospel, that lives out the peace that can only come from you, that remembers that the joy of the Lord is our strength. So Lord, help us to not worry, but be happy because of all that we have and all that we've found in you. You are perfect in all of your ways. And even though your timing may be a little different than, than we sometimes want, even though your ways may be a little different than sometimes we think they should be, Lord, help us to surrender before you, to praise you for who you are, for what you've done, and for what we trust that you will do. Lord, we love you. We pray this in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit today. And all God's people said, Amen.